thankful for the way these stories hold on to the lifetime we won't get back. I know these rivers carry Welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and you're currently hearing my voice on a PD-70 microphone. It's a pre-Sonus, and you can pick that up at King Music on Broadway in Bradley if you like the way it sounds. And this is our monthly episode where we team up with the Kankakee County Museum, and we dive into our county's history. And there's always something fascinating to uncover And I thought we're in the middle of summer right now. We need to talk about something kind of summery, right? What what do people do in the summertime? They do vacations, right? So here to talk about the Riverview Hotel is Jack Clacy and Jory Walters once again from the Kankakee County Museum. Welcome to you both. Thank Thank you. you. Always happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So... Before we get into the Riverview Hotel, <laughs> Bastille Day. I am so sorry. Uh, we got to make sure we talk about Bastille Day coming up July 16th at the French Heritage Museum. It's from 1 to 4 p.m. Bastille Day. I, I'm sure one of you could explain Bastille Day much better than I could. It's essentially a uh, celebration of uh, the French Revolution. And, and uh, Bastille Day, Bastille being the large prison in Paris that uh, the upstart uh, or revolutionaries overcame and turned loose all the political prisoners. And I think July 14th is the official mm-hmm. day, but of course, our celebration has to, should be on a, a weekend, so we're right. on the 16th. It's always on a Saturday, mm-hmm. yeah. And I always think of Les Miserables, you know, mm-hmm. the, the musical, and if uh, most people may not know uh, when they hear, if they may not have heard of Bastille Day, but they've probably seen Les Mis, and mm-hmm. they might not have realized that they kind of coincide with one another. So, um, so yeah, please uh, check out Bastille Day, July 16th, at the French Heritage Museum, not the Kankakee County Museum. Uh, French Heritage Museum is in, is in downtown Kankakee. Right at Indiana and Oak Street. Yes. And, the old uh, stone barn. You can, of course, go to kankakeecountymuseum.com or find them on Instagram or Facebook and uh, to get to get more information. Uh, Veronica was also telling me it's the 10-year anniversary oh, for the, the French Heritage barn. Museum mm-hmm. yeah, yes. at the Stone Barn. So, mm-hmm. and. I didn't realize it's only, I said, it's only been 10. It feels like it, it feels like it's been longer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Regardless, it's, it's exciting. And if, if a person wants to visit the French Heritage Museum, it is open every Saturday up until sometime in the fall. Uh, usually what, the end of October, mm-hmm. I think, um, when the weather starts turning ugly. <laughs> yes, right, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and get back on track to the, the Riverview Hotel. Where can we start? 
with the Riverview Hotel. Start actually today, July 1st, 1887 is when it actually opens. Wow. We did not purposefully do the recording date on July 1st. (laughs) That just happened to be when we were all available once again. Mm -hmm. That's so fitting. No wonder why it it just fell into place. So this, it opened 18, what did you say? 87. 1887. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now it's in the, the Riverview neighborhood in... Kankakee, and help me with the streets here. I always get confused. Cod uh, Boulevard, Wildwood, Greenwood. And, I'm sorry, Greenwood, Greenwood Park Place, and yes, either Cobb or Chicago. I can never, I always have to check and see on that. Chicago, yeah, it's on the Triangle. Correct. There are a couple of houses there. That's actually where the hotel stood. Now the park, Cobb Park, about across the street or a little bit further away is actually where the the stone is engraved in it but that was probably part of the the lawn not where the house actually stood and that's something i didn't always understand actually i always assumed it was right where cobb park was mm-hmm. so just a little yeah. north of cobb park okay yeah i've done several um, walking tours and several lectures on the Riverview. And I've just done a lot of research on it. And I sell the hotel. I actually stand across the street from it when I do a walking tour. And I kind of, I have pictures that I hold up and I kind of act as like the salesperson and say, now this is what the hotel had to offer. And so I do it through the eyes of the people who were there at the time trying to sell a hotel. And the I kind of think of it as if you think of the most immaculate hotel of today and all the amenities you're going to get at the upper, upper class hotel. That's what they wanted the Riverview to be. And they put the time and the money and the effort into making it just that. The uh, a promotional brochure for the hotel had kind of a glowing description of what it was. Uh, it says, uh, It is beautiful in design and finish with superb entrance, carriage portier, and broad balconies and verandas looking in all directions. The house has every beauty and convenience that modern invention and money can supply as completely as any hotel in New York or Chicago. Well, they, did uh, you say did, car- carriage port- portier? Portier, yes. Portier? Uh, portier, yes. So is that, what is that, parking? or No, or it would a, be a covered uh, a covered area outside the entrance which would shelter the uh, uh, Porte Cochere, for example, I think I, my pronunciation is probably horrible, <laughs> but which where the carriages could drive up and they were sheltered from the rain or whatever okay. snow or whatever, and they could alight and go into the uh, into the store into the building. Okay, so that's just like how uh, hotels still have that today. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, they mm-hmm. have getting even to before the hotel was even built and being mm-hmm. promoted. I guess we could talk about the what do we know about how how it was built and who built it that this the story behind the making well emory cobb owned 644 acres of land now picture picture this from about 
River Street, approximately down to the river, all the way from what's well, now Beckman Park. What's well, now Beckman Park, and further, all the way to almost a Roman Park. Oh, I see. Yeah, down yeah. Along so the river. he owned mm-hmm. a whole lot of acres. Yeah, and most of what is now you know the riverfront area from Cobb Park to Beckman. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. He was a large landowner. Mm -hmm. Uh, He raised raised cattle, cattle. championship type cattle. He had horses. The area was known as Cobb's Woods, so I think a good portion of it must have been wooded at one time, as it would be true along the river generally. Mm -hmm. So he had an idea that around this time period, and we're talking the Gilded Age we're in now, 1887. And he was seeing, you know, coming from the city, he retired down in Kankakee, but not really. He was a busy retired man. He was a busy retired man. (laughs) And um, he thought people in the the upper classes were really starting to vacation Mm -hmm. and taking long summers, afforded and just go out into areas that were recreational and really he wanted to kind of take over or get into that kind of competition with with Chicago and areas and have people come down on the railroad and then the hotel would pick them up at the railroad and then bring them back to the hotel so that was his idea. He really wanted to kind of get into the competition, but he had to build a hotel that was really going to be worth it for people to make the trip down here. He had two partners in uh, building and operating the hotel, also two railroads, the Illinois Central and the Big Four. Uh, with there were three joint owners of the hotel Riverview. Were they so? Was it the actual railroads, or was it just happened to be certain people from? No, I the believe railroad. it was actually the boards of the railroads themselves. It was a joint venture mm-hmm. promoting tourism. Really, mm-hmm. the idea was to have excursion trains coming down from Chicago to bring people. Yeah, you have to think of it, what cities were like in the 18 large cities in the 1880s 1870s they were smoky polluted smelly places uh a lot of air pollution uh, a lot of animal pollution and so mm-hmm. forth plus of course uh, you know other reasons you're getting out to get out to the fresh air out in the country yeah so this mm-hmm. was highly promotable right if you think chicago's smelly right now then you have no idea <laughs> what <Yeah. laughs> I mean, you had two, right, in what is now the loop, you had industry, right, side by side with mansions and so mm-hmm. forth, you know. It really was such a breath of fresh air to travel down to mm-hmm. Kankakee. And what a smart partnership, too, mm-hmm. to get linked in with the railroads. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, Emery, obviously, we've talked about this in, in previous conversations. He did so many things. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I know we're going to cover other episodes. We'll cover other uh, some of those other things. But at this point, was Riverview one of the first things he did in Kankakee? Or was it in the middle? Was this, do you know? See, the, when was the... The arcade was already built. Yeah, the arcade building was one of his first activities okay. uh, at Court and, me, and Schuyler and, and Merchant Street. By the early 1890s, he was involved in developing the trolley 
the city's mm-hmm. trolley system. So this, mm-hmm. so Riverview was the Riverview Hotel was before the trolley system. Yes. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. About the same. The, I'm trying to remember what year the trolley. It seemed to me 1891, but I'm not sure. It might have been okay. a bit earlier than that. No, it was earlier because. It went to Electric Park. Oh, that's which right. Was yeah, earlier. Mm-hmm. yeah. The yeah. trolley system really was quite extensive. Uh, you know, from connected the two railroad stations, mm-hmm. went let's see up East Avenue across Court Street to Harrison, down Harrison to I believe at Eagle, mm-hmm. and then east out to uh, about Osborne, which are, and then turned. Right, and went down to the river, and that was where Electric it, Park was. Where, did uh, it go? Electric Park. Did it go by the hotel too? Yes. It yeah. Yeah. I made a stop okay. at the hotel. So there were various, and they actually also eventually had a line out north to Bradley and Bourbonnais, mm-hmm. and south, I believe, to the uh, the state hospital. Mm-hmm. So okay. it was pretty extensive. Yeah. So Emery has this land. He wants to create this extravagant. Very lug, luxurious mm-hmm. hotel. Mm-hmm. What do we know about the building of it? The the process of actually building it. Is there any interesting facts about that that we know of? Cost about eighty thousand dollars, which mm-hmm. in today's terms would be about one and a half million dollars. Wow. Was mm-hmm. all wood had a, a stone foundation, of course, mm-hmm. and it was about what four stories, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Four stories with one. A turd or the two finest up. wood, all wood, but That's the right. finest wood. So it was probably imported mm-hmm. then. Yeah, probably Michigan mm-hmm. pine, good Michigan clear white pine. Would it, and maybe the stone was limestone, probably. Well, the time was stone was definitely limestone, local limestone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, because we had a lot of quarries around this area. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for that time period, in a hotel, you didn't get your own bathroom. Right. Even in that type of luxurious mm-hmm. hotel, maybe at the very top luxury, but <laughs> but it was mostly down. Generally the speaking, mm-hmm. you didn't get so in Emory's hotel, you got your own bathroom. Oh, you did. Oh, okay, you did. Yes, mm-hmm. every every almost, room, almost or every, every room, not quite, but okay. I think almost every. It's probably different room. tiers, right? Mm-hmm. For and it was the first concept of. A suite where you can open the doors for family members staying next door to them. Connected rooms. Connected rooms. And it was not a door today you would have, but they had like opening shutter doors, I believe. Um, Probably pocket door type of thing. mm -hmm. And I sell this to the people that I do it. You actually got hot water. And I'm like, yay. So they get excited and you get hot water. So they had a system of steam, very new, very contemporary steam heat heat where they could heat, they could cool, they could do hot water. It must have been some type of boiler system then, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Down in the basement. Uh Uh-huh. Gosh, that must have been one massive. Well, I would love to see that boiler. As silly as that sounds, I would be fascinated to see how that boiler worked. Fine furniture, finest furnishings. Um, but the one thing, there was alcohol served at dinner, but you could not come into the hotel with liquor, nor could you come back from town drunk. 
Why was that? That was just a no-no. That was just the rules. But this was a very high society, very prim and proper upper class. The men had tall hats and suits. The ladies had the dress, the full dress. Corsets. Uh, yes, the, yeah. the ladies and the men were kind of separated. Very, very prim and proper upper class behavior. There was a ladies' entrance as well as a main entrance. There was a parlor. There was an office. There was barber shop in the barber shop, a, a barber billiard shop. I think a smoke shop too. Oh, there had uh, to be. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was, uh, you know, uh, smoke. It was, it was yeah, cigars was, and brandy was the huge thing at that time. That's right. right. Mm -hmm. There's also a billiard room in the basement. And uh, on the first floor, several formal part parlors for receptions and so forth. And they had uh, the, the um, townspeople saw that as like the modern country club of where you would have your wedding reception or a high society type of a function, mm -hmm. you would have it at the hotel. That would make sense, <clears throat> especially it being right along the, the beautiful Kankakee River. Mm -hmm. right there. They had lawn bowling. Okay. They had, you could... Check out a rowboat and row on the lake, river. You can get on one of Captain Gogger's river boats. Mm -hmm. They make a stop there. You can go all the way down the river and back. Speaking of that, there actually were four different ways of getting to the hotel. Uh, one of them was Captain Gogger's steamboats, which left from the foot of Scatter Avenue, mm -hmm. I think twice, several times a day going mm -hmm. out. And they went on down to... Gallagher's Grove near Roma Park, but made stops at uh, at the Riverview Hotel. You also, as you came in at the train station, you could take advantage of their carriage service, kind of like the uh, shuttle you get out of O'Hare when you get to get to your hotel. Yes. <laughs> they ran hourly. They had a, a a carriage service that ran hourly from the railroad station to. Riverview Hotel. You also, of course, could rent a carriage of your own if you wanted to do some driving around and exploring mm -hmm. the area at a different time. I think that was about it, but there were several different ways of getting there. And for for an evening out, you could go into town. And at the time, there were many, many theaters in Kankakee, mm -hmm. and many um, restaurants were starting to pop up. At this time, and you had the opera house in the opera right. house. The Definitely, opera house. there was nightlife to be had in Kankakee, so that was a big draw. You could the opera house would advertise, and the theaters probably advertised as well. Now, this was of course before motion pictures, so these were were live oh, live performances, but live performances. Of all going to something. go shopping, we had many different different kind of shops. So the ladies would love that, going to town shopping. The guys would stay back and do billiards, you know, that kind of thing. You can go for a walk in Cobb's Woods. Now you can also go to Electric Park for a time. Electric Park was about mm, 10 blocks or so from the hotel. And um, you could get a carriage ride down there. Now, it overlapped for just a little bit of, of time before the hotel fire, which we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. But uh, Electric Park was 1874. 
1887 is when the hotels. So you had a little bit of, of overlap. And you could go to evening performances at Electric Park. We'll have to do uh, a podcast. Yeah, we'll Electric do an Park. episode just on Electric um, Park. But yeah. you, can, you can have a, a lot of entertainment just going to that as well. There's a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Electric Park was owned by the trolley company. And by, by, by Emory Cobb, Cobb right. yes. Cobb was, was a big, big part yeah. of uh, the Kankakee at that time. <laughs> and I guess, you know, to paint the picture too, when the hotel was built uh, in 1887, the economy was really good at that time. It wasn't until the 1890s that the, that the economy... Mm-hmm. tanked right which is how it happened basically for a lot of different manufacturing places in kinky bradley and the hotel and, and the hotel, hotel was right. affected yeah. yeah oh by the way when we were mentioning earlier the the places to go and do things within the hotel itself you had a very elegant dining room oh, i was going to ask room. about that yeah, yeah well uh, uh, as far as dining uniformed waiters in fact one of the few uh at that time, one of the relatively few job opportunities for African-Americans, the waiters were all black and they were you know, dooted up in a, a, a uniform. And uh, we had, there's a, a series of drawings that came from a, a promotional brochure, I think, and one that shows the rather large formal dining room. And you can the, the waiters are standing there waiting to for the for it to open, I believe. And, do we have menu items by chance? Do we know what menu. was? I don't know if we had one that survived. No. Very little survived Those, that yeah. we have. Yes. yes. Did they have outdoor seating as well did they do that back in those no that days? was not not a, it not, was, a, not a thing in those times it was more or less if you're going to eat outside you're going to go on a picnic exactly right. with a prepared picnic hamper right, the, from the, the kitchen yeah big <laughs> old picnic yeah. uh, basket or hamper yeah to bring with yeah uh, hotel head i believe what 80 rooms so which is a pretty good sized hotel i read 96 okay but maybe yeah Somewhere around between okay. there. So anyway, so that's about, not about too, that's somewhere not too 80 to 100. Yeah. Okay. As far as square feet, like how big was this hotel and how many stories? It was four stories tall. Okay. And I don't know what the footprint was, but it filled pretty much a short block in length because you had Park Avenue across the, the north end, I think, mm-hmm. Chicago on one side and Greenwood on the other coming down to a triangle. And it Filled probably a good portion of that triangle, mm-hmm. but then with the these landscaped grounds all around it. Do do we know anything about some of the guests that stayed there? Do we know of anyone of prominence perhaps stayed there? Obviously, this is not the only hotel in Kankakee. It's a, usually the one that gets brought up just because yeah. of. I, I think a lot of it is just. Probably has to do with how it ended because mm-hmm. of the big fire, which we'll get to. But, mm-hmm. you know, Riverview was a destination place mm-hmm. and the other hotels in town were more or less someone's coming through town on business or mm-hmm. it wasn't a right. vacation. Ho- right. The other right. hotels wasn't right. so much about vacation. It was just like, oh, I need a place to stay. stay. Yeah. And they were much smaller in scale generally yeah. than this. I, would, I think one of the largest was probably the commercial hotel at uh, Station and East Avenue that was like a three-story building. But the whole first floor of that was offices and stores. And most of the other hotels were relatively small. They were Mm -hmm. in the downtown area. There was nothing comparable 
in terms of size and elegance mm -hmm. in the downtown area at all. Right, because like I said, it's just people passing through probably, yeah. and I would imagine. Actually, even a number of the groups that came down in excursions didn't stay overnight. They were day trippers. The first big one that, uh, in fact, not long after the hotel opened in 1887, I think it was, mm -hmm. there was the a very large uh, excursion group, which was a Chicago. The, the, oh, yes, largest groups ever. It was the hotel came in the first month after it opened, mm -hmm. and it was a uh, gathering of the Chicago Wholesale Grocers Association. That was opening day. That right. was opening day. Opening day, that's mm -hmm. right. 1,600 people. Mm -hmm. And actually, they came down on three 10-car Illinois Central excursion trains that came into the city all at once. So we have a photograph taken from across the river that mm -hmm. shows just this mob of people around the... Well, 1,600 Beautiful. people is a lot. Beautiful. We have some, some smaller pictures, but we have one that is huge, oversized, mm -hmm. very detailed. And when we look at the looking glass, our photographer's looking glass, you can see a lot of detail, oh, yes. like a magnifying glass. You can see a yeah. lot of great detail in the original huge picture. But when you, you know, get it down to a smaller size, you kind of lose a little bit. But we do have the original. It's just a beautiful, beautiful picture. Did they do anything else in grand scale for the grand opening? Were there like bands or anything like that that performed? I any suspect music? Was we didn't see anything. Probably um, some type of. There's probably a bandstand on the ground. Yeah, yeah. there was a big tent. Mm -hmm. I do know that, and think they had probably tables and chairs and whatnot under the tent. Probably different types of, I believe, sports types of activities that they could do. Most of the, the information isn't really about the opening day. Most of it I have is more about the hotel, not really about individual people. That's not until a little bit later when the uh, a couple of prominent people live there because Emory Cobb eventually remodeled a little bit and turned some of it into apartments. Oh, was that because there was a need for it or was the hotel struggling and they needed to? The hotel was struggling. Yeah, the, the, the uh, panic of 1893, which was a severe, rather quick depression that created a lot of problems. Initially, the hotel thought they would have a real boom of that because of the Columbian Exposition in Chicago opening up. And they thought they'd get some spillover from that, but it didn't happen. Just too far, probably, right? Probably, or taking up too much time for somebody who was out visiting Chicago. They didn't want to take a, a separate day to go out in the yeah. country. I think yeah. there was too much to do in right. at the Columbian Exhibition. Right. But anyway, about that time, the, the economic problems began to really be felt at the hotel, and so they didn't have the kind of occupancy they wanted. And it was probably Emory Cobb's idea to begin taking in longer term. People who could stay there a month, for example, or even live there permanently by and change, as Jory said, mm -hmm. 
sort of remodeled the area into small apartments and so forth. Did he do that with the whole hotel or just a couple? Just the upper floors. No, just the, the upper, upper floors. I think the first two floors were probably left. Cobb himself lived on, what, the fourth floor, I think, didn't he? Yeah. He oh, and his wow. two of his sons. I don't know whether his wife was dead at that time or... But they, he and his two sons maintained an apartment. Did okay. they have a home nearby that... Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cobb lived... Can't remember precisely where, right in that same neighborhood, just north was, of there in the Riverview. Yeah, in the neighborhood. neighborhood. Now, in this in, in this era, the what we know as Riverview, the whole neighborhood, was not as you see it today. Most of it was woods. It isn't until after the fire and then after he passed away in 1900 that his three sons got different parcels of land yeah, and developed big parcels which they divided into smaller parcels and then sold in individual lots but if you look at the early um between 1883 atlas 1900 atlas in 1915 you can see the progression of it being oh, development. developed and yeah. you see different little subdivisions within riverview neighborhood and then the old historic area is completely separate that's the federal it's a, his a federally historic, historic landmark yeah. yeah and that's usually what people consider riverview yes or upper or lower riverview yes so, but it's the entire yeah. area up to, to the um electric park the park today cob park Cobb. Yeah. right so do we know, do you have like what the cost was to stay at the Riverview Hotel? Do you by chance know mm, off the top of my any, head any information? What I remember, $17. That's a lot of comes, money. Uh, comes to mind. Maybe $17 a week at that point. A week. Yeah. And, but you, but you got a special deal with the railroad and with other promotions, you can get a special advertising deal. But if you just, they did have some transient people as the their in hotels the later did. years. Yeah, in later years, um, it seems to me seventeen dollars a week was probably that that fee. Okay, but a little bit you know cheaper if you did a mm -hmm. a, a longer stay, mm -hmm. I believe. So by 1893, the economy is awful. Cobb decides going to develop some apartment spaces right. inside the Riverview Hotel. What else do we know at, from going from that point? They sort of stumbled along. You know, there was enough transient business and so forth that it stayed, it stayed alive, but it was they had lost the big excursion business. People the, were the not tourism. taking excursions and tourism. Even the wealthy weren't right. doing that? or No, no, not as much apparently, at least as far as the large excursion trains. I, I have the feeling that there were certainly, you know, wealthy people out of Chicago that came down on the IC or the Big Four to, to stay for a couple of days or a week and so forth. But it was not that the large 1,600 people in an excursion train mm -hmm. It just was kind of a quiet period from 1893 mm -hmm. until 97. It was just, uh, it existed, but it was not the you know, big, elegant, 
wowsy, wowsy sort of place that it was it, before. Yeah, it, it didn't, he wasn't able to, they weren't able to really uphold that right. during that time. I or, don't know I mean, whether, you know, their service declined or not, but at least they didn't have the quite a, the, the same cachet as it was mm -hmm. previously. Yeah. So is there anything of importance before the fire that you know of that we can talk about? Not really. Mm -hmm. It was just an icon as far as beautiful red roof, just a, a very, very beautiful piece of architecture in the middle of a beautiful wood wooded area along the river sitting on the veranda and looking out over the river was very mm -hmm. common and yeah. or going across the river and looking at it was just mm -hmm. beautiful but they also had a lot of boaters on the river oh, yeah. a lot of boat traffic and they also looked at the state hospital when it before the fire at the state hospital. So there was a lot of, lot more to look at, at the buildings at the state hospital. So it, it was just a really thing of awe and beauty. So the, well, how did the area residents of Kankakee feel about the hotel? You, you think they weren't supportive of it? Or? I think they really liked it. They really yes. thought it was something um, special yeah. for our area. Although I don't think they patronized it very much. Was, <laughs> no, was, you know, probably a little bit outpriced. Yeah. Yeah. Most, I mean, it was not the most. sort of place. And I don't know. You did mention whether, like maybe a wedding. You know. Yeah. Yes. Weddings here and there. Right. Yeah. yeah. But there are also other venues at other hotels that they could also yeah, yeah. do as well. So a right. little bit of competition yeah. there. Yeah. And I don't know for sure whether the dining room was ever open to the to public the or whether it was strictly yeah. guests. guests. I am yeah. suspecting that. Later on, when you know the it was on kind of hard times, they, they might have, have promoted it up using that to, as a as a destination for local people as well. But we don't have any evidence of because that. that was a popular yeah. thing to do in that time period. Right? Was mm -hmm. to dine at hotels even if you weren't staying there. there right? Yeah. Yeah. I right. mean, just in general, you would oh, yes, you would go yeah. you'd go dine at a, a hotel because they yeah. always had it was fancy. Mm -hmm. Yes, and essentially there were no other real fine dining opportunities in Kankakee. There were basically lunch rooms and uh, small restaurants of various kinds. So we get to 1897, 10 years, exactly pretty close to 10 years since mm -hmm. the hotel was built. The hotel was built right. in 1887. It catches fire. Mm -hmm. What do we know about the fire? How did it start? Uh, you mentioned the boiler room earlier. Okay. So there's... Started in, apparently in the boiler room. Uh, early morning hours of November 12th, 1897 was when the fire broke out. Uh, about 2.30 in the morning, I believe it was just one of the employees of the hotel noticed it happening. But it went, because this was all, all wood construction and, of course, had open hallways and so forth, the fire traveled up rather rapidly. Guests scrambled to safety and stood shivering in the November weather. A lot of them still in their mm -hmm. uh, bedclothes and so forth. This was 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. Well, the employee went to get Emery Cobb, and then Emery Cobb helped to get the other people out. Right. There was about 40 people at the time, and they all got out safely, a few minor injuries, but everybody was okay. 
And the next question, how did it start? Yeah. Well, everything back in the day before scientific fire right. analysis. Arson investigations or fire investigations. Spontaneous combustion. That was been. what was written. Yeah. Spontaneous that, combustion. Yeah, something just, in the vicinity of the boiler that may have overheated and caught fire. Yeah. So that's their yeah. their hypothesis. But there was one minor injury, actually. There was yes. a man who, who leaped out of the second floor window and broke. fell on a pile of rocks. Ouch. He broke his leg. Pardon? I think broke his leg, didn't he? Yeah, broke, I think so, yeah. Other, other than that, he, that was the only injury related to the fire itself. And the fire burned very rapidly, of course, went through by dawn, you know, three or four hours later. All that was left was the... Foundations and several large chimneys sticking up in the air. And are there pictures uh, of yeah. that? Oh yes, yes. we okay. have pictures of the next day and so mm -hmm. forth, uh, with the still smoke <laughs> rising from it. So thinking back at that time, there probably was a fire department, but it was probably all volunteers. Uh, let's see, eighteen nineties. Yes, you had uh, volunteer fire companies. But their equipment was minimal. They yeah, maybe what a hand operated horse? pumper with horse drawn a horse, horse yeah horse drawn uh, tank or right pump. or dropping a suction into the river uh -huh. and pumping the water and so forth. But do you know uh, what by chance what was being used that day? Do you think they <laughs> they th thought to be able to get water from the river and they might have yes. Yeah. So we don't have any information on that, but I know yeah. probably. Given the time, it was fairly inefficient. It was a step above the bucket brigades. Yeah. Uh, and if it had been even worse, they probably would, the fire department at the state hospital, which was very well organized. That's and right. They had their own fire yeah, department. Probably came across the Washington Avenue Bridge and was there as a backup. And I would suspect that the primary purpose on the fire department was to prevent it from spreading. They just, they couldn't, could, nothing much they could do for the building itself, but preventing uh, anything else nearby from catching fire. That's exactly what I was thinking, just because of, as, as you pointed out, how quickly the fire started mm -hmm. and it's all made of wood. Right. And it was, so, yeah. you know, there's not like it's they're full of steel and all oh, that, no. mm -hmm. you know, so it would, uh, it would be in flames very quickly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there wouldn't be really much Right. You could yeah. do to even if yeah. you were able to put out the fire, couldn't really save. They're much ready. Yeah, we have yeah. relatively few artifacts from the hotel, which is unusual. You know, had it not been consumed by fire so quickly, I suspect that somewhere along the line we would have inherited some project things like you know dishes or something that sort with the hotel. Maybe name some furniture, furniture, or some yeah. other artifacts from the hotel, but. Uh, yeah. Just didn't happen. So what do we what do we have then? I know you said a brochure. We have a, a promotional brochure. Do you? We have two pieces of uh, dinnerware. Mm -hmm. We have a like a fork. Now when he did silverware, they did silverware. They did really high quality silverware oh, yes. in dishes. So we had one dish. And I think one piece of silverware, as far as artifacts that were donated, maybe a plate. And that's about it. And it's amazing that those things are even... Survived. Yeah. yeah. And, and you also wonder, well, did that person just happen to 
commandeer <laughs> those. Well, there was a lot of pilfering. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when the site had cooled down enough, there's a lot of oh. pilfering. There, we have a couple of pictures of people descending on the site. Now, whether they were standing there just looking at it or they were, I see, their hands in it, but there wasn't much left to be had. Yeah. <laughs> people either gathered their belongings of whatever might be left of their belongings or others just, you know, pilfered what was available. We, are, we have actually complete floor plans of the building. Mm -hmm. It's amazing you have those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm not quite sure. I think those are part of it, a promotional brochure of some sort at yeah. one point. Um, and, of course, we have a marvelous scaled model of the hotel. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's at the museum. It's, yes. And, and that's very fascinating to look it's at. built by a couple of uh, our members back in the eight, 1950s, <laughs> I believe. It was not long after the museum uh 30s. I just Open. came across that information the other day. I was looking it's from at the it. 1930s. 30s. What's that? The scale model. The model. Oh, the model. The I, model. Was th I was thinking it was in the 50s because it was after Maybe they opened the, the building. But anyway, yeah. Regardless, regardless there, a, 50s, there yeah. is a model at yes. the Kankakee County Museum that you right. can Right, and see. it's it's very detailed. Uh, yes, it is. The uh, the people who did it were, uh, were really dedicated. And of course, they had the floor plan to help, which gave them all the dimensions they needed and so forth. And it's a it's fascinating. It's one of the things that's very popular when people come in to visit and they always really found that find that an interesting mm -hmm. yeah. thing. Yeah. I think they were talking about it with the railroad, with the ICR, because I have papers, back and forth letters mm -hmm. that they were trying to negotiate with the ICR. And those dates were earlier. So maybe they had the idea earlier, but they just didn't that could put it well in there, mm -hmm. you know, get it together until a little bit later. I have a huge file on the Riverview Hotel. So if anybody is interested in doing more research or would like uh, to look through our pictures, you're absolutely welcome to do so. Wonderful. And I am I have so many dates and everything in my head. So sometimes I don't get the right I know. Sure. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Is anything else come to mind about Riverview Hotel? What really was interesting to me is was the reading about the, the people who went there as far as how they behaved, because it was very different behavior. A man and a woman didn't talk to each other if they didn't know each other or weren't properly introduced right. to each other. Uh, that was considered a no-no if you just yes. approached a much different a, social a strange much different yeah if you just approached period. a woman you did not know at all right yeah um, that was considered poor poor form mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so it's Sorry. a very different set of of values for back in this period yeah but i love the gilded age this is uh -huh. my favorite period in american history it's fascinating right. super fascinating yeah and unfortunately I, of course the decision was made not to rebuild yes uh, i was going to say when we get to that that's always a question yeah. um that comes up as well after the fire why didn't it get rebuilt and i mean was there insurance back at that time did did the emory insurance Comp only have covered insurance? about a third little. of the replacement cost and he did he just not see the benefit? I mean, obviously he's up in his age, you know, right. mm -hmm. at that time. I mean, he, if 
I mean, he died, if you said 1900, mm-hmm. and this was 1897, so it was just three years three later years. that yeah. he passed away. I think that probably, again, because there was a, you know, tripartite ownership, uh, that probably the hotel, I'm sorry, the railroads did not see the, yeah. an advantage in rebuilding. Uh, yeah. the, the days of the excursions were pretty much over of that type of excursion train. I think the last... Actually, the last Illinois Central excursion train of any type, I think, was not until 1920-something. But the uh, in general, this type of excursion of bringing whole loads down from Chicago to there for a day were on, it was plus the general state of the economy, I think, that uh, right. that mm-hmm. just led to the decision of saying, eh, I guess yeah. not. 1897, so, things were still yeah. rough. So, of course, uh, Jory Walters, you are the research coordinator at the Kankakee County Museum. Mm-hmm. So if anyone would like to reach out to you as far as anything research goes, oh, you are the person and you can coordinate with them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jack Clacy, you have the weekly column, weekly article uh, in mm-hmm. the Daily Journal yes. uh, mm-hmm. in the, uh, well, the weekend edition. Weekend now. edition, always yeah. on Saturday. I always have to catch myself and not say Sunday because right. I'm still, I'm still in that, right. Yeah. I'm still in that mindset. Um, so yeah, the weekend edition of the Daily Journal. And then of course, uh, you're an author as well. People can buy your books in the Kankakee County Museum gift shop. That's correct. Uh, I want to remind them of that. So yeah, the Kankakee County Museum is, uh, it's open almost daily, not open on Sundays, but it is open on Saturdays now as well. KankakeeCountyMuseum.com to get all the info, Instagram and Facebook, both at Kankakee County Museum. Also want to mention once again, Bastille Day celebration coming up on July 16th. It's from one to four. That will be at the French Heritage Museum. So please uh, partake in that. There's going to be all kinds of vendors. And I mean, with Kankakee County being part of the uh, French Canadian corridor, there's so many. I know there's Obviously, I run into a lot of French Canadian families that do know mm-hmm. their heritage, but I run into a lot as well that do have a French Canadian last name and they know Zilch. This mm-hmm. is also kind mm-hmm. of an opportunity for them to possibly learn more about. I'm French Canadian. See, you're everyone. There's so many. That's a, you know, an opportunity there to check out as well. Anything else, Jack or Jory, you want to? Not that I can think of. Just one thing I noticed that our uh, story in the paper the other day that our Sister organization, the Bradley, excuse me, the Bourbonnet Grove Historical Society is getting close to uh, re-erecting the old log schoolhouse. Yes, uh, yes. And that a bit later this summer, I think they will be having a grand opening and tours and so forth. It's definitely worthwhile. That's a, mm-hmm. a real find that they were able to salvage. I think they said in this paper that about 60% of the old logs themselves were still mm-hmm. useful. And now they're... Have will be soon be receiving replacement logs for the areas, and apparently those are aged to be very similar. So, oh, okay, wonderful. So it won't, you know, look like two I, different kinds of things. And I did see when I was at the Bourbonnais Friendship Festival that they have begun. I've, I've the seen foundation the, is in place. The, the mm-hmm. foundation is in place. If and if you want to just drive by and see the progress, now I'm forgetting the name of the street that is. Mm. Stratford. Stratford. That's what it is. So if you go to Stratford Drive in Bourbon A, you'll drive, you'll drive right by 
the the progress of the long schoolhouse. Then so, stop and walk around the grounds at the uh, Letourneau House, which yeah. are very nicely planted. I'm not sure what days of the week they're open. I think I don't weekends, know when uh, the Letourneau House is open, but, uh, but that's, that's a nice that, museum for yep. the urban area. It's, it's another place you can check out as well. So, all right. Well, uh, you two have a great rest of the day. You too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you again, as always, Jake. Well, that concludes this episode of Kankakee Podcast. I'm Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast with a family member, friend, or neighbor you think might enjoy learning new things about the people and places of Kankakee County. Also, a special thank you to our patrons for helping make this episode possible, including Jake Lee, Jesse Arsenal, Dave Barron, Daryl Damper, Samantha Rocknowski, Lake Iverson, Travis Garcia, Jane Bostwick, Karen Bishop, Don Harrison, Simon Topless, Scott Wright, Carrie O'Connell, Jamie Race, Joanne Barry, Anthony Vicelli, Eric Olson, Dan DeBoard, Jeff and Rosa Carroll, Teague Dreenan, Sandy and Steve Twait, and Rose Lucky. To become a podcast patron, go to kankakeepodcast.com and then click on the patron tab. If you pledge $5 or more per month, you'll also hear your name announced on an episode. There's also other rewards like early access to new episodes, extended versions of episodes, video versions of episodes, which is something brand new, podcast merch, discounts on special events, and so much more. Your monthly pledge is truly appreciated. Our goal right now is to reach $400 per month, and we're about 60%. Uh, of, of reaching that right now. So please sign up for the patron program today at kankakeepodcast.com. Our theme song is by Lupe Carroll. Talk to you next time. This river carries on.